you've seen it on your social media feeds, uh, people who are going through hardships and uh, say something along the lines of keep sending positive vibes. Or maybe it's a, a good friend and someone close to them um, have just come down with, uh, with some form of an illness and they say to you, hey, can you keep me in your thoughts? Or it's a neighbor in passing and just in a random conversation, uh, they bring up a challenge or a struggle going on and they say something like, can you keep me in your prayers? Good vibes in your thoughts, keeping people in prayer. What do you, what do you make of all this? What, what, what do these things actually mean to you? Or let's reverse it. What about when you're going through something? You're going through a challenge, a hardship, an illness, something physical, mentally, emotionally. And you say these things, and you ask other people to pray for you. What are you hoping for? When you ask people to pray to God on your behalf, what are the outcomes that you're hoping to see? As we continue our sermon series, the Holy what? In regard to the Holy Spirit, I want us to explore this morning what it could look like to experience God's healing through the power of the Holy Spirit. And when I say healing, it's this idea that a person could be healed physically, mentally, emotionally, uh, specifically through God's Spirit, a, really a supernatural miracle. And the reality is that this might be uncomfortable for you. If you're new to church or to faith, uh, maybe the word healing brings up the idea of snake oil in chanting. Um, maybe you're in a faith background where uh, the miraculous was, was something that happened back then, but isn't anything for us today. But then I'm, I'm sure there's a number of you here that have seen this, have seen supernatural healings or, or miracles or signs of God's kingdom that transcend our own understanding and transcend our own ability to do things. And maybe for you this morning, you're like, yep, let's, <laughs> let's go, let's, let's do this. Um, well, this morning, you can go ahead and turn to James chapter 5, uh, found in the New Testament of your Bible. And writing this letter is, in fact, James. Um, actual name would probably be more like Jacob, uh, but he's the half-brother of Jesus. And I want us to hear that because I think that matters here, who is actually just kind of summarizing his sage wisdom and, and all that he has learned um, and just passing it on to the church, to the people of God, to us. And I think he's in so many ways just confronting the way that we live our lives and, and really getting personal with us. So I want to read from James chapter 5, verses 13 to 18. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. 
Now, in, in this moment, I think the original audience and even us, our skeptical minds probably start to take over, and it's something like healing? Like my prayers? What, what does confession have to do with all of this? And it, these are valid doubts. And he actually looks to a former prophet who is often regarded as above us, above us mere mortals. And he says this in verse 17, Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. So again, when people ask you for prayer, do you actually do it? Or when you pray, or when you ask for prayer, what do you believe is actually going to happen when you do it? There are 1,257 narratives in the gospel accounts. These are stories found in four books of the Bible that really tell the account of Jesus' life and ministry. Out of those, 484 are devoted to miraculous healings. That's 38.5% of the narratives found in the Gospels that talk about miraculous healing. So if we're to look at the overarching narrative of Scripture, if we were to look at the life and ministry of Jesus, if we were to look at the early church, if we we're look at, to, to look at most underdeveloped countries, so we look at all these and, and see miracles happening that are beyond our understanding, the miraculous at play, when was the last time you or someone you know experienced something miraculous? When was the last time that you saw the supernatural breaking into the natural? See, James here, when encouraging us to pray for each other, it seems like he believes something is going to happen. And he actually believes that healing is going to happen. Healing beyond what we can do or understand. Spiritual author Philip Yancey writes a book titled, A Skeptic's Guide to Faith. And in it, he says this, Science offers a map of the world, something like a topographical map. You know, one that shows the terrain and the altitudes and different things going on. Yet, a map of two dimensions or even three dimensions can't give the full picture. And none can possibly capture the experience of actually going on the hike. And he continues later on, of course, an invisible God cannot be examined or tested. Most definitely, God cannot be quantified or reduced. As a result, many people in societies with advanced technology go about their daily lives assuming that God does not exist. They stop short at the world that can be reduced and analyzed, their ears sealed against unconfirmed reports of another world. And what if it's like that for you and I when it comes to experiencing God's supernatural healing in our lives? 
What if we're so familiar with our modern ways, our technology, uh, our science, our medicine, our, our resources, that it's not often we actually choose to depend on what we cannot see? We're not open to what is not most familiar with us. See, I believe and I engage in science and medicine. I, I believe and I engage in psychotherapy and um, just everything that goes on in the mind of psychology. I believe God is all up in our modern progress of things. My question is, what if modern medicine and miraculous healing isn't an either or? It doesn't have to be one or the other. But what if it's both and? But if we continue to have everything that we have in our modern world, we also can continue to open and grow in ways of what God is doing beyond it. Because I fully believe that the supernatural realities beyond our understanding are actually breaking into the natural right now, even as we speak. And I, I believe that God wants to heal us in ways that we cannot fully understand nor do on our own. And what I see here in James is a question of dependence and openness. When you're sick, how dependent are you on God? Are you open to being healed through prayer? And when you've missed the mark on all that God's called you to, are you dependent on God? Are you actually open to confessing with other people and praying with each other of what's going on in your life? Because I believe a part of what James is, is, is doing here, again, is at the heart of this, a dependence on and an openness to the healing that God wants to do in your entire life, the whole of your being. Do you believe that God can work supernaturally in your life this morning? Are you open to what healing could look like above and beyond what you understand? I find it interesting that the conversation around supernatural healing uh, and whether uh, we're open to it or not is really nothing new. Uh, there's even points in, in scripture that we see that Jesus' own family thought he was crazy. Um, the Talmud, the collection of Jewish writings, uh, actually wrote that Jesus was hung on a tree for performing sorcery. Um, supernatural healing has long been something that goes against the grain of our cultural and personal understandings. I want us to hear that this morning because I believe that this is still something that goes against our cultural and our personal understandings. And I love that if anyone is going to discredit Jesus, it's going to be the older half-brother James, who at some point probably, you know, gave wedgies and made him say uncle. But that's not what he does here, is it? See, what, what James does is he actually exhorts the people of God to press into prayer, to go all in to depending on and being open to what God wants to do supernaturally in and through their lives. To, to actually depend on God for healing. To be open to what God can do through confession and prayer with each other. So this morning, what are you depending on 
for healing? And are you open to what God might want to do above and beyond what you understand and can perceive? Now, I, I do want us to hear this. I don't want to say, right, I do want to say that I don't believe God is just uh, a genie in the bottle that if you rub it the right amount of time or say the right things that kazam, healing just happens. Um, in scripture and throughout history, we see supernatural healing happen through prayer a lot. We also see a ton of prayer without healing as a result. And there isn't an equation here. And I think it matters that we are connected to uh, spiritual truths and realities because sometimes what happens is that God breaks into the physical to remind us and to actually wake us up to what he is doing above and beyond our own realities. The unexpected can just happen at times to remind us that there's more going on than what we can see. And this is hard. I feel like in the last probably just month, maybe two months, I have prayed for physical healing, supernatural, miraculous healing, more than I have combined in the, probably the last couple of years. And the reality is that some of you are even here this morning that I've prayed with. The reality is that some of you are still struggling with those aspects of unhealth, of brokenness, of illness, and you're still wrestling with these things. And I believe that God is saddened over our pain. He, he grieves sickness. We also know that his ways are greater and healing isn't always the simple answer to all that's going on. And that sucks. Though it may not result in a miraculous healing all the time, I think there's still something to say for the healing that comes when you know someone is with you in pain. When you know someone is listening to God on your behalf and helping to communicate his love for you. The peace that can come beyond understanding that rests in your soul in the midst of hardship. If we aren't pressing into prayer together, where else does that come from? Are you open to praying for others and believing that God wants to do something beyond human ability? Now, especially when it comes to the Holy Spirit, when it comes to the supernatural gifts, if you don't have experience with it, it's very hard and difficult to actually perceive it. Um, so in hopes of helping with that, I asked my wife, Caitlin, uh, to share a personal story that she has for us. So let's go ahead and play that. Hi, good morning, Midtown. My name is Caitlin. Um, so when Ryan asked me to share my immediate response was, no, are you kidding? Um, I am usually behind the scenes and leave the public speaking to him. Um, but of course, he said, just think about it. Um, so of course, I, um, I felt that nudge and um, said yes, because ultimately, it's not about me. Um, and like Kim said last week, um, it's glorification to God. So um, so I struggled with anxiety um, ever since I can remember um, going to school, softball games, horse shows, um, being around large groups of people, having conversations. Um, 
I can look back on my life and pinpoint moments where the anxiety um, would be so bad that I missed out on the joy of what could have come from that moment. Um, There were a handful of episodes that actually led to panic attacks um, where I was completely debilitated. Um, So fast forward to 2018, I was a new nurse working night shifts. um, And after about six months, mainly from complete lack of sleep and other stressful things happening in my life at the same time, uh, my body physically couldn't handle it. And I I felt like the enemy knew that he kind of had a way in. Um, And I began to have pretty severe anxiety and panic attacks. Um, At that point, I was put on leave by a doctor for two weeks just to get my sleeping rhythm kind of back on track. And and then I would start on day shift then. Um, And he's the first one that kind of told me he thought I always had underlying anxiety Um, And then I would just have stressful situations in my life that would kind of blow it up and I would have these episodes. Um, So during that time, I felt extremely raw, um, exposed, uncomfortable, worried. Um, How would it look um, to staff that I couldn't handle a not working night shift like everyone else can? Um, How would I even go back there at this point? Um, It was definitely a cycle. So my mother-in-law had actually mentioned someone who does cranial sacral therapy before all of this kind of happened. Um, If you don't know what that is, um, it's basically light touch therapy um, where they work to release areas of tension deep in your body. Um, And this person specifically listens to Holy Spirit while she's um, doing this work on you. Um, So... I basically was up for trying anything at this point. Um, Those two weeks were such a gift. I went back to journaling. I was doing my daily devotional again, um, listening and just sitting in quiet time. Uh, I was really taken down to my core. So um, March 16th, I had my appointment with Emmy uh, for the cranial sacral therapy. And as part of her listening and incorporating the Holy Spirit, During that session, I was healed of the physical feelings and symptoms of anxiety. Um, God used her to pinpoint areas um, that he wanted to make new. Um, So one image during that session um, was Jesus with a paintbrush literally in my my body, uh, making areas new physically and emotionally. Um, That session was something I will cherish forever. Um, It was super special. So um, leading this amazing moment, driving in the car, I felt so weird um, in a good way. Like I didn't know this feeling before. Um, My body was calm, at rest. Uh, It took a little while and I kept thinking, okay, this is going to wear off and I'll feel how I felt before. Um, But I really think during that drive, um, it was um, how could he have this happen for me. Um, I'm not good enough for this. Uh, Basically, don't get your hopes up. Um, So since that day, I've had major life changes, um, which before would have most likely sent me into anxiety and then tumbleweed into panic attacks. Um, But I've learned to really lean on Jesus um, during those times rather than go down the rabbit trail of fear, worry, doubt, 
Um, not to say my mind doesn't still do that, um, but the Holy Spirit kind of brings me back um, to that healing moment and how I have been made new in areas um, of my mind and body. So it really has been a journey um, and learning experience to completely lean on him. Um, so all thanks to God, um, I literally do not physically feel anxiety um, that I used to in the pit of my stomach. Um, that's not something I can truly explain. Uh, it still blows my mind. And um, I'm just super thankful to Emmy um, for being open to the spirit and what God had for me in that moment. Um, so through this, I learned and really believed he cares about me. Uh, he loves me. He wants the very best for me, and he is for me. Um, since that day, I've had opportunities to actually listen and just be a support to those going through tough situations that are bringing upon anxiety um, and pray with those that are struggling. Um, so it is a privilege to share what God has done in my life. Um, so I hope me sharing this can be an encouragement for anyone that's currently going through something that's bringing anxiety. Um, but I really just want to pray healing um, over you this morning because I believe God can heal. Uh, so thank you very much. Thank you, Brad, for sharing. I, mean, I can attest to this. That is something that for 30 years was, was alive inside of Caitlin, physically, mentally, emotionally, affecting every aspect of life, big moments and small. And with a cranial sacral therapy session, someone listening to the Holy Spirit and being open to what God might want to do in healing above and beyond what we can understand, she's healed. And it, it, I, we cannot fully comprehend that. And, it, and I, I think a part of me, as I reflect on that, I bet more often than not, those who go to see Emmy, those, those who go and actually uh, are seeking healing uh, as, as they move into this, looking for supernatural healing, though I'm not sure like, like healing happens all the time. I'm sure a version of healing can happen in ways, but it's not always a miraculous, completely healed, done with it. But what I love is that her door is open. She is regularly pursuing a practice of, of inviting Jesus' presence into what is going on in other people's bodies and minds and hearts and souls and praying for healing above and beyond what she knows that she can do. Her door is always open, inviting in God's presence. And there's a lot to say for that. And I just wanted you to think, start thinking about this morning. What does it look like for you to have your door open more regularly to listen to what God might want to be doing in someone else's life when it comes to healing? What does it look like to think about your workspace differently? Your family, your neighborhood. What does it look like when you're in line at a grocery store to be open to what God might identify within someone and ask if you can pray for them? Nerve-wracking stuff, huh? So I'm going to wrap with this and then... We're going to continue. So from 1886 to 1954, athletes in the sport of running chased after uh, what was seemed to be impossible, breaking the four-minute mile. And for, for familiarity, that's running four laps on a track in less than four minutes. 
One writer said that it had become as much a psychological barrier as a physical one. And like an unconquerable mountain, the closer it was approached, the more daunting it seemed. I think a lot of us can resonate that with that in regard to a topic of healing and prayer and the Holy Spirit. Now, the experts at the time, they believed that they knew the precise conditions under which the mark would fall. It would have to be in perfect weather, 68 degrees and no wind, uh, on a particular kind of track, hard, dry clay, uh, and in front of a huge, boisterous crowd urging the runner on to his best performance ever. And then came Roger Bannister, a full-time college student who did not have a coach or a nutrition regimen. And on a cold day, on a wet track, at a small meet in Oxford, England, before only a couple thousand people, he ran in the mile, he ran the mile in three minutes and 59 seconds, setting the new record and defying all odds. And then guess what happened next? As other runners saw it could be done, they started to do it too. Just 46 days after Bannister's feet, which took decades before that, John Landy not only broke the barrier again, but ran it in a time of 3 minutes and 58 seconds. Then just a year later, these three runners broke the 4-minute mile in a single race. And now over the last half century, more than a thousand runners have conquered the barrier that had once been considered hopelessly out of reach. And my prayer this morning, my hope is that you and I, that Midtown, that we continue to become more open to the supernatural realities that are breaking into our natural realities and begin to see God do what we didn't believe was possible that doesn't fit into our prior experiences and it defies odds of what we can perceive. That we are becoming people who are naturally supernatural. And this is my hope because I believe our world is longing for something greater than what we can perceive on our own. That people are longing for an experience beyond what is in front of them and it communicates to them that they are seen, that they are known, and they are loved by a perfectly merciful creator who is pursuing them and wants wholeness for their life. And what a joy that through Jesus and the Holy Spirit that we actually get invited to participate in that.